1: life through a kitten's eyes and the author is nancy Ririck. and nancy joins us now on author talk hello nancy hello steve well this is a delightful children's book we all love kittens and this is a story about a kitten who just kind of showed up right yes absolutely (laughs) is this a based on a true story yes it is
2: Um, There are only two reasons I can't call it a true story. One is that I changed the name of the kitten because the uh, story is written in memory of my friend Susan's cat, Avery, who died a year before the story was written, and that's why I changed the name to Avery. And the other is that because the story is written from the kitten's perspective, So, of course, that lets out a true story. But everything in the story actually did happen.
1: We've heard or we've had the experience of an animal just kind of showing up on our porch. And sometimes, uh, you know, just at the right time where we needed a pet. That's right. And that's
2: uh, very similar to what happened to Michael, except that the kitten ran into his house. And uh, he tried everything that was humanly possible to find her owner, but he was unsuccessful. So you're right. That
1: became Michael's pet. And this may be a children's book, but adults will love it, too.
2: They certainly do.
1: I understand many
2: uh, adults get it for cat-loving friends. (laughs) That surprised me.
1: Well, that's that's, uh, a good present, that's for sure. Now, of course, Avery has some very unique experiences uh, with Michael. And, of course, in today's world with computers, you might know that Avery would get mixed up in some kind of a computer uh, experience.
2: (laughs) Yes, uh, that was uh, the uh, camera cable escapade. And it's a little mystery in the middle of the book. Uh, I understand that's uh, one of the favorite parts of one of my uh, friend's children.
0: And
1: Michael, of course, being uh, a friendly guy, has a lot of people that come over and visit him, and they all love Avery, and they bring Avery just gifts.
2: Yes, they do. And uh, Avery gets quite excited about this, and she thinks that uh, since. The friends are all watching her, that uh, she's pretty important.
1: Well, and Avery also has to learn from his experiences, and one of them deals with a hot tub. <laughs> yes, Avery
2: does uh, walk around the rim of a hot tub watching Michael and does fall in. And I learned from this some feedback um, that a friend's cat had done the same thing years ago in Napa, California and uh, another friend that reminded her of when her cat fell into the aquarium, and a young girl here in town reminded her of when her kitten fell into the bathtub and made quite a splash. (laughs) So uh, it's fun getting all this feedback.
1: Well, that is, and part of the wonderful part of this book are the illustrations. They They just bring the story to life. Aren't they just fabulous?
2: They're done by a watercolor artist here in South Windsor, Connecticut, named Carolyn Emerson. And she she just has a style and creativity, which I really wanted, and she agreed to do this. I was delighted. And I understand that these illustrations are appreciated as much by adults as the children.
1: Now, another character in the book is michael's mom and she gets to babysit <laughs> yes she does or, or kitten sit
2: <laughs> that's another favorite tale of another child that i know it's been interesting to hear uh children just tell me their favorite parts and they there's a real variety in here so that's
1: been fun and there's a game right that she uh, Avery plays when she goes to Donna's?
2: Yes, it's Avery's own, I think, idea of hide-and-seek, and it works very well for Avery. It drives Donna up the wall, I think.
1: <laughs> well, why don't you share a little bit about Avery's experiences? She had a kind of a wild uh, one when Michael was up on a ladder painting. Why don't you tell us about The paint escapade, as you call it.
2: (laughs) All right. This is actually the, uh, this is what launched the book. When I heard this story, I just laughed so hard, and then kind of the book came about through this. I will read this to you. Now, you have to remember, this is being told by the kitten. The wildest tale of my life with Michael happened the day he was up on a ladder painting the inside of the porch. He was very involved with the job he was doing when I walked from the living room into the porch. Suddenly, I jumped and landed on one end of the paint tray, which was nearly full of paint. I had never felt anything like sticky wet paint all over my fur, right down onto my skin. Even my whiskers were covered in paint. It surprised me so much and felt so horrible that I leaped out of the paint tray and immediately ran around the porch and back into the house. I kept running as fast as I could around the living room, down the hall, and into the bedroom. Of course, I didn't realize how much paint was all over me and how much paint I was spreading throughout our house. By the time Michael was off the ladder and coming after me, I had made a real mess of the porch and every other place I had run. The walls were covered with paint splashes, as were the rugs, floors, bedspread, books, and so on. It was really very messy, but I didn't know any better. I was just so surprised I ran. I couldn't help it. Michael caught me and took me right to the sink. He doused me with water and soap, which I didn't like a bit. I was really carrying on. The sounds I made were just awful and loud, but he kept washing me until I was clean enough to dry with a towel. It was only then that I felt good again, and somehow he managed to hold me and laugh, even though he had to spend a lot of time cleaning up the huge mess I had made. Although I don't know what it means, I heard him say, it was a good thing he was using water-based paint and not oil-based, or I would have been in big trouble.
1: Well, it sounds like and, Avery keeps a journal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I think you can tell from Michael's uh, response here and uh, what what a wonderful master he is and uh, kind uh, This is why I think this shows kindness to animals.
1: And, of course, when it gets really warm, turn on the air conditioner, and Avery loves to sit in front of it.
2: Absolutely. And Donna thinks it is so funny to watch her whiskers blow in the breeze. This is, I understand, one of the favorite illustrations in the book of most people. My favorite illustration is the hot tub because of the uh, expression on Avery's face. It still cracks me up. I must have seen it a hundred times, and I still laugh.
1: Well, we're going down just having a a journey with Avery, all kinds of different experiences that we can all relate to. That's what's great about this, And, and kids and adults can relate to these wild little experiences that Avery has. They
2: certainly can. It's really a fun book, and I think these are days where we need some happiness and
1: laughter. Well, that is for sure. Thank you so much, Nancy. Tell us how to get your book.
2: Well, it um, it can be gotten, of course, through AuthorHouse online, AuthorHouse.com, or their 1-800 number, which is one eight hundred eight three nine eight six four zero, 839 8640 or any bookstore could order it for you.
1: Is there a sequel in the making? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I really don't know, but I've heard enough stories since
1: writing this that there could be. <laughs> there could be. Uh, hopefully, uh, you will venture down that road because this is a fun, fun, fun book. So, congratulations.
2: Thank you very much.
1: That was Nancy Ririck. Her book, Life Through a Kitten's Eyes, a wonderful story about Avery.
0: You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on TogiNet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, Then join us as Rick and his guest teach us how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time. With author and inventor, Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central, on toginet.com.
1: Y'all wave your hands, look who's on. It's Dakota Man Keith and he's number one. Now you might think Juan's youth was sad. Right. Because he had a death, dear mommy and dad. Right. But that ain't
0: the case. Nope. It wasn't his fate. Nope.
1: No. The was never struggled to communicate. do Y'all wave your hands, look who's on. Yeah. It's the Man Keith and number
0: one it's that keith Wan show on togynet.com wednesday nights at eight seven central every week that keith Wan show will have guests that share their experiences expertise opinions and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others the topics and guests will come from the american sign language community for more on keith Juan and the show go to his website keith dot listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge
1: number, number uh-huh. Keith's number one. Uh-huh. Everybody crack, put
0: the of man's on. Number, number one. Uh-huh. Keith's number one. Uh-huh. Everybody crack, put the of man's on. Don't miss That Keith One Show. Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk. Brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world.
1: The title of the book the journey living life without limits and the author Manjur. and Manjur joins us now on author talk hello Manjur. hello how are you well it's great to have you on the show and great to uh, learn your insights into this big change in your life what you've learned and And, of course, now we have this book, The Journey, Living Life Without Limits. Let me read a few things you have written so our listeners can get an overview of what we're going to talk about. You say this, The Journey, Living Life Without Limits, is the life of Manjur being threaded throughout the pages of this book. Its design is to help others who desire to live where lack and frustration is removed. The book delivers powerful truths and revelations that will allow the reader to break through the veil that has masked individuals for years. No more doubts and fear to live in that place of your imagination. A lot of folks are frustrated, many are depressed, people wonder why in the world are they here upon the earth, right?
3: I do believe that. Andy. I do believe that. And that has been my experience, and um, it, it's basically what's going on in our communities. And as we interact with people, you see the insecurities, insecurities. you see the stress, you see the frustration. You experience it um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so that is what goes on, and, and people are looking and desiring how do I become satisfied? How do I find completeness where What is my being here and um And those type of questions I answer, and I take people on the journey and ignite their own journey as they read the pages. Now
1: it wasn't very long ago when you were in a deep despair, frustration, depression, you didn't know what was going on. Yes. Now, tell us where you were why you were- wh- where you were, and then what
3: happened that changed your life well i i um uh, I can go on for <laughs> it's like <laughs> where do i start <laughs> yeah, exactly. but i can tell you, let me let me let me just give uh uh this particular example i I find myself in this place of not never being satisfied. I find myself in this place of Just not having contentment. One moment, this is going on. Next moment, that's going on. Or let me be more specific. One day, I'm happy. The next day, I'm not happy. Where is the contentment? Why am I constantly on this roller coaster up and down, left and right? Why, Why is my life always seem to get to this place where I'm feeling... A sense of dissatisfaction or uh, not worthy or um, just all these all these prodding thoughts and prodding things going on on the inside and it was a battle it was a struggle for me and I didn't know at that particular time that um, I wasn't alone in this process I mean you know because when you when you have these conflicting thoughts you, the only thing that you're focusing on itself, but as a result, I, I came into this illumination. I came into this awareness. I came into this inspiring, um, um, place of knowing that there's more to who I am and to finding satisfaction, finding completeness that I have gifts I have talents and I also have um, shortcomings but all of who I am is wonderful and and my whole creation of who I am and how I've been birthed in this world and for others to experience me that's what it's all about and i realized, you know, like so many others that uh, well, I'm not going to say like so many others, but um one of my mentors said that the truth of or the, the the authenticity of the diamond is allowing you to know that there's the flaw in it that makes it valuable. And so it is our it is our areas of what we tend to kick away or tend not to like that actually makes us authentic and makes us genuine and it makes us real and it makes other others want to know who we are and our story and it inspires and it it, and it uplifts especially when we come to a place where we have broken through the veil and we have risen from that place of seeing ourselves in lack and now seeing ourselves as great
1: back in 2004 you were searching you were hoping you were Uh, desperately seeking, and a great event
3: happened. Tell us what happened. Oh, my goodness. Now, I have to really take time and slow down on this one. Um, Back in 2004, like I was mentioning earlier, um, that I was in this place of, you know, struggle, and I wanted to know what, what life was all about, what my purpose was. And I wanted to find contentment. I wanted to finally have great relationships, not just with others, but most importantly, with my own self. I wanted to like me. I wanted to enjoy my own company. And one particular night in the fall, I was sleeping, and I was awakened. I was awakened by this voice calling my name, Myron. <laughs> and 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 it said it again, Myron, and 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 you know, uh, somewhat coherent. It you know it woke me up out of my sleep, and I was like, huh, you know, and then I heard this voice say, "My word is my divine order," and um, I, it, it somewhat coherent. I didn't understand what was going on, so I was like, well, well who is this? And now I'm thinking that I'm having this conversation. And I'm and it's, and it, it was so powerful that it sounded audibly but it was going on on the inside of me and um, I asked who this who this person who this voice was who was speaking to me and it was impressed to me that it was God and then he repeated again he said my word is my divine order and that that powerful experience has put me on a great path of not just writing this book but of coming to such a self-awareness knowing that I have purpose I am I have been created in his image and I am great and I'm wonderful and now I now when I look at myself in the mirror I love what I see and I'm gonna tell you something for me to write this book it would for me Now, I can't speak for anybody else but me, but for me to have written this book, it only had come from that inspiring inspiration of a higher power, which some people identify as so many different ways, but I call them I Am.
1: Manjur. you have a a number of interesting chapter headings, if you will, and of course you've just talked about this uh, revelation that you received from God.
3: Why do you think he spoke to you? Well, you know, I asked those questions um several times why me. And then I came to came to understand that the truth of the matter is that God speaks to all of us. The thing is is that because of the frustration, the stress and all the noise and all the hoopla and all the things that are going on, we're so busy that we never still ourselves to really hear. Our divine purpose and what are what are we supposed to fulfill in this world because we are we are created in his image to express our god to glorify him and there are there are people in the world that need to experience our expression and so um um, that's one of the things I write. We need to get to that place. We and and my my book helps people to to re, where the noise gets removed, where the where the fear of your own expression, your own imagination can really begin to have its perfect work. And you you're not judging what your expression is. You you're just living in it, and you're thankful for the opportunity. And so. Um, that is the place of really coming to your self-awareness and just saying, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is who I am. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. And that place of peace allows others to draw near to you and enjoy what it is that you have to share. And that's one of the main reasons why I wrote this book is because I wanted to inspire and motivate those that were at one point in time like myself, who who didn't understand what life was about, who wanted to know why they were here, who, who felt something on the inside was great, but didn't know how to tap into it well i needed i needed a mentor i needed a teacher and, and 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 let me remove an illusion a mentor doesn't always necessarily need to be directly into your life a mentor can mentor you from afar by writing a book and you beginning to read it and that and that reading of that book will allow you to understand the keys it took for him to begin to rise in his own self awareness and his own illumination to be who he was destined to be, and so that is what this thing is all about. That is why I wrote this book, and that is why i couldn't i couldn't remove the 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 desire and the and the i, I, I don't when I use the word pressure because sometimes. The desire and the pressure that was put in my life to write this book because sometimes you're not really certain. You're, You're kinda, you're kinda finding your way, fine tuning. You're balancing out just your life and your understanding of what it is that you're hearing, what it is that you're supposed to do until you finally, you know, go either too far to the left or too far to the right and then you finally balance this thing out. And then you know, this is it. Well, that's what it was like. So the pr- so even when I talk about the pressures of life, a lot of people um, don't like pressure because they've they've always been in a place where they've had um, um, abuse and pressure in their life. But the truth of the matter is, once you come to your self awareness and you come to that place where you are at peace with self, then you realize that the pressures of life is there to help press. Out your greatness well it's
1: that furnace that may be hot but it's purifying it sounds like that's what you went through and are trying to help others not to uh, back away from maybe some pain some uh some obstacles uh challenges and and either even uh, just very very tough things that happen to them but there is purpose in life and One thing you say here, it's in one of your title, your uh, chapter headings, when you hear God's truth, harden not your heart. So that's a key to that, isn't it?
3: It is. It is. See, See, because hearing the truth of God from someone who may have never heard it or doesn't understand it, it may be a little daunting in the, in the beginning. It, 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 you you may be called to do a certain thing. I mean, just think about it. I mean, um, um, Abram, at the time he heard God's voice, and this is in Genesis. At the time he heard God's voice, God told him taught, God told him to go to a land that he knows not of. Well, that right there can be a little, you know, daunting. I mean, and then, and then just leave, and I'll show you when you get there. How how can you just leave, and then I'll show you when you get there? Well, that could be a little daunting, but that's how it that's how it begins. But it's all divine, and that's why when I was woke awakened from my sleep, the spirit of the Lord said, "My word is my divine order." So, even though. Even though it may seem chaotic, his word is divine, but the but the divineness and the order comes as you begin to walk out trusting in that thing and that's why later on in um in Abram's life, eventually he became Abraham because like myself, like myself um the call. Usually comes in one stage in your life and is fulfilled in another stage. And and um, for Abraham, or in the beginning, the call came to Abram, but it was fulfilled by Abraham. And so for me, the call came when I was Myron, but but now my name is Monjoy, and that is the acronym for Ministry of the Name Jesus Ultimate revelation of the resurrection the fulfillment and the the solidification of the call sometimes the transformation and all of those things come into play that now the name and the person is no longer who they were when they were initially called because god sees you at the end or oh, He sees the end at the beginning. He sees you in your destiny. He sees you in your fulfilled purpose, not when He calls you. Because ultimately, He knows who you are. He knows, he knows every hair on your head. He knows this process. And then He takes you on that process. And so when I wrote that, when you hear God's voice harden not your heart, it's so, it's so profound and it's so powerful that He has a great plan and a great fulfilled destiny for you. And just because you've been hurt or you may have been betrayed, and it's hard to embrace something that you can't see, we've done everything in the world. We, we, we've gone places. We may have um, um, did things to our own demise. Why can't we take an opportunity to trust in this one thing, that can change our lives forever and for the greater good well the title of the
1: book the journey living life without limits and the author is Manjur. Manjur, tell us how to get your book
3: well um you can you can go to my website my website is um up um um it's um i'm self publishing so um it, it, you can go definitely go to bookstores as well but let me give you my website it's www.manjor.com and you can read more about the um the author and you can also read excerpts about uh, what the book is about at my site and that's www.m m o n j u r r dot com and you can uh, order the book online and and if you happen to go to a borders or a barnes and nobles or any of the book um bookstores if you have the isbn number um or or you know the title and the the author's name you can order the book at those book outlets you can also get it on amazon.com and you also also can get it at the um the publisher's um, website as well, and that's authorhouse.com as well. But the book is powerful, and it's it's been um, out for um, two two months now, I think. Um, a complete two months, uh, or a little over two months now. And I'm getting great responses. People have been um, um, writing on my website, and you can even read their, their comments that their life has been impacted and changed because this book is igniting people's ability to find their place of peace and to become satisfied. Manjore, thanks for sharing with us on Author Talk. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome and thank you for having me and God bless all of you listeners.
1: The author is Manjur and his book The Journey Living Life Without Limits.
0: You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages.
4: People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes, and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears, just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices.
0: Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com.
4: The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune into Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us.
0: For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com.
4: Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices.
0: The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Brown. to author talk brought to you by author house helping authors publish promote and sell their books around the world
1: the title of the book divorced on the redneck riviera and the author lenny delmar and lenny joins us now on author talk hello lenny
5: hi how are you doing
1: well good to have you with us now you have a unique title you're the massage therapist to the stars, and we're going to talk about what all that means. It's quite a uh, list of stars that you have helped through the years. Certainly, when you got a bad back, it's kind of hard to go on stage, isn't it?
5: It sure is. So th- and, uh, That's why I've been real fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. Well,
1: and work on them. you certainly were, and we'll get into that, uh, how that happened. But let me read this, what you have written, because this is more than just a story about your experiences with the stars. This is a personal journey about trying to find happiness, and you've got some advice for other women who are seeking the same thing. You say this. This is Lenny Delmar's story and her journey to find out how to be content and serene. You may learn something about your life from this account of her life. She had lessons to learn, but she kept failing the final test. The guidance kept coming until she finally got it. That's how the universe works. We're talking about four divorces.
5: Yes, we are.
1: That's a tough journey.
5: It is, and especially with with four husbands behind me. And uh, it's been a learning process and and, an experience with each and every one of them.
1: Well, let's talk about your professional life a bit to uh, just help everyone understand what you're all about. Now, you've been a licensed massage therapist for how long?
5: Uh, 25-plus years.
1: 25-plus years, and... Well, I don't know when it exactly happened. Tell us the when the door opened to the stars. How did that happen?
5: Well, that happened one day. It was my lucky day, obviously, because I had the opportunity to work on a, a very nice lady that was the film commissioner for the southeast, and she was given one of my guest certificates. And she told me after the treatment. She said, Lenny, today's your lucky day, and I asked her why, and she said, because this is what the stars are looking for. They're looking for something that's all-inclusive, something they can get in a a little over an hour, and she said, this is exactly what I want them to experience is your unique technique. So. Thanks to that, that's what got me started with working with over 10 motion picture companies and with all the celebrities that I've worked on throughout the years.
1: Well, it's so interesting how you met Merle Haggard. Tell us about that unique uh, evening and how your life, uh, well, that was a big chapter in your life.
5: That sure was. That was uh, my very first celebrity basically that that uh celebrity singer a legend uh, in his own right that uh, i happened to be at a concert and uh his manager came out i happened to get tickets and i was on the front row and i heard his manager say that merle's back had gone out and he said i don't know if he's going to be able to to uh perform or not and i raised my hand and i told him i said uh I'm a massage therapist. If I can help him, please let me know. And he grabbed my hand and took me back to the to Merle's bus, his tour bus, HAG-1. And I, when I got on there, I started working on him immediately. And uh, after about 30 minutes, he said, I don't know what this girl did to me, but he said, I want you to hire her because I'm going on stage, <laughs> and I want her to be able to go with us when when I get off stage. I bet uh, that was how it ha- happened.
1: <laughs> I bet you were just uh, overwhelmed at that moment.
5: I, I was actually shocked. I didn't know what to say, and and I didn't know what to do because I um, I'm so astute to details that I didn't want to have uh you know i wanted to have all the right equipment and all this and i was in myrtle beach south carolina when that happened so i didn't have all my equipment and uh so that was that was a um, concern of mine and uh i wasn't able to go on his east coast tour but i was able to go on his west coast tour
1: so he said we you don't need your equipment just bring your hands right
5: he did say that, yeah, <laughs> and I should have known, <laughs> and uh, but I didn't, and I learned from that experience that all I have to take with me is my hands and, and a good, uh, good attitude and a good sense of humor because uh, that was everything that I needed to work with him especially.
1: You wrote this about uh, your book. You said, because I wanted women and men to know that if they get a divorce, they will be okay as a single person if they learn to love themselves first before they can love someone else. Now, that was an answer to a question about why you wrote the book. Tell us just some of you know, your feelings about uh, what you've learned through your experiences and your marriages and, and what you're trying to say to uh, others to help them.
5: Well, what I was trying to say throughout the book was if you do have a bad experience with uh, picking the wrong man, let's say, as I did, um, don't feel like that's the end of your world as you knew it and embrace who you are as the unique person you are and also just to continue trying to be the best you can be and move forward because uh, you don't have to be defined as that couple that you used to be when you were married to that particular person you can be defined as who you are now as a person the good person that you
1: are as you look back what was uh, a major mistake that you made as you entered into these relationships that didn't work out
5: The major thing that I did that was a huge mistake was I was going by a good-looking man that just I had the chemistry with, and beyond that, I didn't know what to look for because I was just all about the looks and how, you know, they, I don't know, it was mainly just a, a chemistry that I felt like I had with, uh, especially with two of my husbands the other two it wasn't that much of a chemistry it was just a a need that i wanted to to provide my myself with and my son with a stepdad so um i just had that physical desire that that you have when you're young and you don't let anything else come into the picture you're just hooked on having a good-looking man and that's a big mistake so your advice
1: to women who uh, seem to be going down that same road is take some time and really get to know someone
5: oh yes Uh uh-huh take some time i would live with them first before you marry them because i had the bad habit of just dating them and then marrying them and that's a bad habit i've stopped for uh, unfortunately and live with them and get to know them really well before they jump into that commitment of uh, of marriage.
1: Well, you describe your four husbands: a workaholic, an alcoholic, a gay man, and an actor pillhead hooked on pain pills. So, <laughs> my goodness, you had some uh, interesting challenges.
5: I did, and they were all different. They all had a good story to tell, which is what I put in the book and. And I added a little southern humor to it, so I feel like that uh, people get a they'll enjoy reading about some of
1: those relationships. Yeah. And you call yourself a female version of Forrest Gump?
5: Well, the reason I call myself that is because I have always, I've always throughout my lifetime, I've always lived at the right. It, I've been at the right place at the right time and I feel like I've lived in a bubble all my life of safety and uh, look at things in a positive way never look at things in a negative way and and that's why I can I just saw myself as the female version of Forrest Gump.
1: Tell us the story about meeting Gene Hackman and becoming his massage therapist.
5: Well that's a good story when I um uh, First met Gene Hackman, uh, he requested a massage therapist to come to the um, Sonia house that's in New Orleans in the French Quarter. He was in one of the little, uh, unique little little bungalows that they have, and, and uh, I snuck in trying to be real quiet because I wanted to, I, he was in the bathroom, I heard that he was in the bathroom, and I was trying to be real quiet and get my equipment set up before he came out and when he came out he scared me to death and i scared him all he had on was a towel around him and i just was in shock because i didn't expect him to come out of the bathroom that fast and uh he he uh he, he called me lend he called me instead of miss lenny like i wanted him to call me he called me Lenny Latour so he <laughs> and I started off with a good bit of humor right there and every time he'd come back to New Orleans he would re- request my services as the massage therapist and he wanted Miss um, Lenny Latour to work on him.
1: So you got to see the uh, sides of these stars that nobody really ever gets to see obviously.
5: Yeah I did.
1: Real, and, and, and you had mentioned that Gene Hackman really down to earth kind of guy.
5: Oh, he is. He was he was a joy to work on. He did have the tightest hamstring I've ever worked on, but other than that, he was in good physical condition, and he was just the, a smart man, really down to earth, and I'd work on him again in a second if he has another movie down here.
1: What was another favorite uh, personality that you got to know and were able to help them?
5: Well, I enjoyed working on Steven Seagal when he filmed the movie Under Siege. The five and a half months that he was uh, here filming a movie in Fairhope, Alabama, and in Mobile, uh, he was very soft-spoken. He he talked so soft I could hardly I could hardly hear him. You you had to just just really listen to him. Because he he spoke so soft and he was a uh, big man. He was about six foot five. He was a table full, believe me. And he he just was a nice guy. And um, I really enjoyed working on he and his wife Kelly LeBrock at the time. She's a, a actress that has done a few movies too. And um, both of them were just a delight, and I I enjoyed working on them.
1: Some of your other clients, Ashley Judd, Gerardo Rivera, the singing group Alabama, the Backstreet Boys, B.B. King. My goodness, uh, the list is full, and there's probably many more beyond that.
5: Yeah, there is. Uh, Another favorite of mine was uh, Major Ronald Ferguson, who is uh, Sarah Ferguson's father, and uh, she... He came to me every year for nine and a half years when the Grand Hotel sent me all of their people for nine and a half years before they built their spa. And uh, he he was had the best sense of humor, just like she does. And he, I took such good care of him when he was playing polo at the Point Clear Polo Club that he actually, when my third husband and I the gay husband, that was the most fun and, and best looking too. When we went to London, he actually met us at the airport and took us all around the um, you know the palace and showed us where Fergie's two rooms were, and he gave us a signed copy of his book, and we just had a an experience of a lifetime by him being our tour tour guide in London. And so uh, that was that's a very interesting story that I told about him, and he had such a great sense of humor too.
1: Well, your book is filled with all these personal experiences with the stars and other famous people, as well as some just down to earth. Uh, some of it just uh, heart rattling, uh, <laughs> tough, you know, situations that you were in and, and that you learned from, and and one of them uh, is obviously uh, very very uh in the news a lot is just about being gay,
5: yep mhm. my son uh came out his senior year of uh co- college he graduated from auburn university and he um I suspected that he was gay for many, many years, but he confirmed it his senior year of college, which was fine with me. And uh, then my third husband, after about five years of our relationship um, and being married and all that, he came out to me that he was gay, too. So within a three-month period of time, I found out that my son was gay and my husband was gay. And so that was pretty devastating. But I supported both of them because a person knows when they are gay, they're born gay, And if more people knew, um, did their homework and and looked it up, they would realize that a gay person does not choose to be gay, that they were born gay. And me being the good parent that I've always tried to be to my son, I told him I supported him wholeheartedly, I love him unconditionally, and that if he's happy, I'm happy, and i feel so strong that I want parents to to feel the same and not reject their child if they do suspect they're gay or they have been told that they're gay, because they if they love their children unconditionally, they'll accept them for who they really are. And that's, that's the way I look at it. And I saw a movie that helped me understand it better when i found out my son was gay and that was a movie on the lifetime channel actually uh called prayers for bobby and uh the weaver played the lead part and she had a son that was gay and um so if, if a person if a parent will watch that lifetime channel about the movie prayers for bobby and there's also a book too by mary Griffith. They'll understand the signs to look for and how to accept and understand better their child being gay.
1: The title of the book, Divorced on the Redneck Riviera. The author is Lenny Delmar. Lenny, tell us how to get your book.
5: You can go to authorhouse.com or you can go to Barnes & Noble or Book Familion and they will have it on their website also.
1: Well, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much, Lenny. Well, thank you. That was Lenny Delmar, the author of her book, Divorced, on the Redneck Riviera.